The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to the Shy? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the side. A new rain is coming to the south side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes now streaming. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with the Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. The subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Welcome to the State of Recruiting, a recruiting podcast brought to you by Orange 247. Uh, I'm Mike Roach. I'm joined, as always, by Nick Harris. Nick, thanks for, uh, for joining me today. Yeah, absolutely. Ready to get back into it. Uh, it's been a uh, another long week of, of being shut inside in the quarantine, but we're going to try to bring you guys some good quality content today. Uh, very excited uh, to talk uh, to Garrett Nussmeyer, a four-star quarterback who is on the Texas board, who joined us a little earlier in the day. And uh, also, you know, we're going to answer your questions. But before we get into it, Nick, how has uh, how's this week gone for you? Uh, much of the same. Just uh, been watching a lot of film. Actually, uh, I'm holed up at my mom's place, and she has this little mini projector. So I've uh, gotten that set up in my room and been watching film, and it's it's actually been kind of enjoyable. <laughs> yeah, are you? Um, when's the last time you left the house? Uh, we actually did have to go out yesterday to uh, grab some stuff from the post office, so that was nice to actually get out and experience some things for a bit. I stopped at Taco Casa on the way back and definitely regretted it later, but it was worth it. Yeah, you know, I did. Um, I had a, uh, I had, to, I had to get out today to go to HEB and do curbside pickup for our groceries, and then stopped at Rosa's uh, across the street to pick up some tacos for the wife. And that's the first time we've eaten out probably um, in a while. So, uh, you know, we were, uh, it, it, we're just trying to try to do what we can. Um, Nick, I guess I'll ask you. You've been crushing a lot of film. Anybody jumping out to you that you saw that uh, that maybe you didn't, you know, you didn't really know about before? That's a great question. I did find this um, athlete prospect. He's more of a defensive end from Spring to Caney. Uh, I was actually meant to mention it to you, uh, or mention it in our little group chat yesterday, but I f- forgot to. He's he's a kid with only like 42 followers, and he just picked up an offer from Arizona. I can't remember his name right now, uh, but that's that's been my early find so far. But I've kind of just been really diving into position groups uh, day by day. Uh, I did 21 quarterbacks about three or four days ago, and uh, I did uh, 22 defensive backs last week and then put up a, a piece on horns 24 7 about you know what i found there uh last week and uh, i'm looking forward to getting into some 21 receivers uh today 21 receiver offers uh from texas uh in state and out of state so uh a lot of researching and just trying to fine-tune my skills really yeah and so texas is uh they're still offering they're still uh making moves uh i've talked to a couple of the kids they they offered this week um a couple of three out-of-state kids uh philip riley from florida aaron willis who really jumped off the, the board to me watch his film when you get a chance it is it is uh he is a heat-seeking missile at linebacker um and just runs and hits like you wouldn't believe uh and then uh travion stevenson from from pennsylvania who looks like a pretty raw uh defensive end prospect and they also offered Jaden greathouse a, a freshman receiver from austin westlake who we saw at state, and uh, interestingly enough, I found out through talking to some people and talking to Jaden that uh, his uncle is Oscar Giles. Oh wow, interesting. Yeah, and they said, you know, this is not something we want to focus on. Uh, it's not something that you know we really talk about within the family. Oscar's not 
uh, doesn't use family time to recruit, but uh, it, you know, I thought it was an interesting tidbit nonetheless. Um, so we're gonna we'll talk a little bit about uh, you know just kind of what's going on, but um, I think that uh, right now we're gonna jump into our interview with Garrett Nussmeyer, and I thought Nuss was um, was a really good interview. He's a guy that uh, you and I have come to know pretty well over the last couple months. Um, as his father, uh, Doug Nussmeyer, has been an offense coordinator and quarterback coach basically all around the country and is now with the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, so Nuss is pretty well-schooled in the, in the ways of media and interviews and kind of handling the process, and I think that, that comes across. Um, any takeaways you had from, uh, from our interview with Nuss? And he's just very well composed. You could tell he's a coach's kid, too. Uh, I had known that going in, but I kind of got more of an understanding of that uh, in, in during the interview. Uh, you can just kind of get an understanding of his background and how much he knows the game. He's, he's definitely going to be a kid at the next level who's going to excel early on just because he has such a high IQ. And that's, that's basically what I took away from the interview. But uh, I'm excited for you all to get to listen to it. Yep. So without further ado, we will jump over to our interview with uh, Garrett Nussmeyer. All right, and now we are joined on the State of Recruiting podcast by four-star Flower Mound uh, Marcus quarterback Garrett Nussmeyer, who is holed up in his uh, family home in uh, Alabama, Orange Beach, you said? Um, yes, so first off, this is kind of what I'm asking everybody. What are you doing to get through the, the boredom of quarantine? Is there any shows you're watching, any games you're playing, anything like that? Um, you know, we have a, we have a, a workout little uh, rack in my garage. So I've been getting workouts in and, uh, you know, playing a lot of Madden and Fortnite too. So it's been fun. Um, have you been, I noticed uh, a lot of the college teams have been playing like or a lot of the college recruiting personnel have been playing with guys. Have you been playing with any schools? No, I haven't. Yeah. I've talked to some guys about it, but I, I haven't played anybody yet. So. All right. Um, I, we talked about this a little bit before we started recording, but you, you know, you had a pretty firm timeline of kind of how you want to do things. Obviously uh, this is thrown a wrench into all that, but um, you know, what is, uh, what is, what is the plan right now for, as far as uh, you were looking at April 18th, I think was your date somewhere around there. Um, what's the plan as of right now, you know, as far as your recruitment? Um, you know, I think it's turned into almost a wait and see game. Um, and, you know, it's hard to say because, you know, this is way bigger than football. You know, um, people are dying. And, you know, I feel for their families and everything. But, um, you know, as far as the recruiting aspect, you know, it's, it's kind of changed things. You know, I, the other day I was on FaceTime with coaches all day long. So, um, you know, it's kind of turned into that. Um, and, you know, I think for the timeline, you know, if uh, things keep getting pushed back, then I'll kind of sit down and make a decision and uh, think think things through. But, um you know, as of now, hopefully, you know, the the, uh, the dead period will continue to uh, get lifted as planned. Um, and then I'll be able to get around to, to finish my visits and then make a decision. Nick, you want to jump in here with anything? Yeah, and I knew that. Uh, I knew you wanted to tell your family on April 12th that Easter Sunday day was pretty important for you. So would you be looking to aim for a similarly important date, I guess, later in the summer? Or would you just kind of just play it by ear from here? Um, you know, I think it would just be whenever I was ready after, you know, I think Easter was the plan the whole time just because it was a special date. But, you know, now that that, you know, if it gets thrown out the window, then I don't think there's another date. I think, uh, I think from there, I just kind of, you know, when it's right, I'll, I'll figure it out and do it, you know. And I kind of did want to bounce off uh, the last question. If college recruiters were to hit you up, which game would you be more confident in playing them in, Fortnite or Madden? <laughs> oh, Madden, Madden, for sure. Yeah. Madden. <laughs> Good at Madden, I think. I'm pretty good. What team are you playing with? Cowboys. 
That was okay. All right, yeah. I figured. Um, let, let me ask you: with your high school, obviously, you're missing the your last spring. Probably going to miss your last session of spring ball. What are your high school coaches doing to kind of keep you guys engaged? Is there any virtual meetings or anything like that going on? Yeah. Well, we have a we, we're using an app, um, you know, to stay in touch, to send videos. You know, they've got instructions going on. You know, I know performance course has got a thing going on um, online that we, we jumped on. So uh, hopefully we can uh, continue to, you know, kids can get their lifts in, you know, whether it's body weight or stuff like that. So. You've uh, you've moved around the country. I think the first time I ever heard the word Nussmeyer was I remember Michigan hiring your dad away from Alabama and that being like a really big, a really big story. Um, out of all the places you've lived, A, which one was, you know, where did you like living the most? And B, how does, if it's not Texas, how does Texas kind of stack up to all those? Yeah, um, you know, I was actually thinking about this the other day. Um, you know, I think my favorite place that I've lived so far um, has been actually here just because, you know, getting the experience, you know, it's the Dallas Cowboys. It's really cool, you know, sitting on the sidelines, you know, talking to Zeke Elliott and Dak Prescott, pretty big deal. And, uh, you know, also, you know, the experience of Texas high school football is unbelievable. Um, you know, you know I, I can remember, you know, my favorite memory of the year, uh, we were playing Louisville. Fans was absolutely packed. And I remember throwing a uh, post for a touchdown. And I remember just the sound when he crossed the goal line, the eruption was just, you know, I'll never forget that feeling. So. Um, one of one of the other things that I think is interesting or, or gets to be really cool about being a big name recruit like you is you get to meet a lot of these like these legendary college coaches that that the general public doesn't. So I ask everybody who's ever been recruited by LSU this question: What's it like to hang out with that Ojo? Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, you know, uh, you know, we've actually continued to build a relationship. You know, because uh, he they were my first offer uh, freshman year, so we've been talking for a long time. Um, it's pretty cool. You know, he's a really cool guy. And, and, you know, the thing about people don't know is, you know, he's a really personable and, you know, he listens and he, and he talks and he cares, you know, so. Nick, you got any other, any, any other questions you want to jump in with? Yeah, I actually just kind of wanted to bounce off the LSU question with your relationship with uh, Scott Linehan. I know it kind of runs back a long time ago and now he's the college coach of one of your targets. So uh, I guess just talk about Coach Linehan and, you know, how you, uh, your dad and him have that relationship and how that's gone down to you. Yeah, you know, I think uh, when it happened, it was pretty cool. You know, we, we got in touch and we were talking and, um, you know, you know, I think he wants what's best for me, you know, because it's kind of like almost having a, a another like another father, you know, as a coach. You know, I think it's the same thing. You know, he would love for me to come play for him. You know, of course, that's what he wants. But he also wants what's best for me, you know, and he wants me to make the right decision. So, And how are coaches like that able to stay in contact with you over these last couple of weeks? Like what have been kind of the innovative ways that they've been using to stay in contact with recruits? Um, you know, everything's obviously been through the phone, you know, we text back and forth, you know, I remember uh, two days ago, I was on FaceTime just about all day long with coaches, staff, you know, group FaceTimes and uh, getting to see, uh, put, put faces with names has been pretty cool. And, uh, you know, it, it's been fun. It's been interesting. You know, um, I don't think there's ever been anything like this going on. You know, I mean, I think we're living in history. So, you know, to be able to go through that is pretty cool. So. Does it ever get to a point where it gets too overwhelming or too tiresome dealing with all the, the calls from coaches and media and, and guys like that? I mean, sometimes it does, you know, you kind of step away for a minute, but you know, I don't think it's too hard to come back. You know, uh, you just don't answer for about 30 minutes, take a breath, you know, and then go back to it because, you know, at the end of the day, you know, it's a blessing, you know, so there's nothing I should be complaining about, you know? 
Let me ask you about Texas. Um, what's your what's your relationship like with Mike Yersich? And um, I wonder if you, have you been kind of following the chalk talk X's and O's stuff he's been doing yeah. on Twitter? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, he um, he first recruited me when he was at Oklahoma State um, my freshman year. Um, you know, I think they were really close to offering me right before he left. Um, and then you know we we were uh, you know wasn't much contact because he had a commit at Ohio State. Um, and then, you know, when, when he got the Texas job, I kind of knew things were going to happen, um, hopefully, you know. And, um, you know, he's a great coach. And, you know, we, we talk often. He's pretty cool. Uh, we build a pretty good relationship. You know, he talks to my dad and my mom, too. Um, and, uh, yeah, I've definitely been watching the X's and O's stuff. You know, I think he's a really, really good coach. And uh, just watching that stuff is really cool. So. We've talked about, um, you know, your relationship with him. What about with uh, Coach Herman? Do you have any sort of relationship there? Yeah. Yeah, we, we've gotten on the phone a few times and had some pretty good talks. Um, you know, he's a really good coach. And I also got to meet him when I came to camp. Uh, I want to say not last year, but the year before. Um, you know, and so, um, you know, we, we, we're starting to build a relationship. You know, it's getting better. Um, but, you know, we, we've had some good talks. So Let me switch back to LSU real quick. Um, this year, I think watching Joe Burrow was like one of my favorite things I've ever watched in sports. That guy just just kind of captivated me. As a quarterback, when you watch him, how much does it excite you to see the potential in that offense? And um, how much of what he does you see can translate to kind of what you do? Yeah, um, you know, I think it, it comes down to really being a coach's kid. And, um, you know, I, I think, to be honest with you, like, he processes things a different way because he's been around ball his whole life, you know, and I think that's an advantage I have, you know. Um, just being around ball, it helps, you know, whether whether you realize it or not um, and whether you're, uh, you know, you know, sometimes things just kind of flow to you in the game because you remember your dad saying something at 12 o'clock, you know, three weeks ago, you know. So, um, <laughs> um, you know, it just helps. Um, I think Joe is unbelievable, and I'm excited to see what he does in the league. But, um, you know, it's definitely appealing. So, uh, Nick, anything else? I got a couple more before we get out of here, but you want to jump in? Yeah, what are some of those positives, I guess, of being a um, of being a coach's kid? You know, growing up around ball, like you said, what are some of the positives overall from it? Yeah, um, you know, as far as, you know, being a kid, you know, some of the best experience I've ever had, you know, being a coach's kid, you know, getting to uh, – I remember when BCS, you know, you had the crystal ball, getting to hold that and kiss that and, and riding through Tuscaloosa on a, on a car, you know, in the parade, you know, things like that, getting to uh, be around A.J. McCarron, uh, you know, stuff like that, being in Washington and experiencing bowl games, you know, the, the, you know, it's hard, you know, you don't get to see your dad that often, but you know, the highs definitely outweigh the lows, you know, in that job um, for us at least. Um, and as far as the football aspect, you know, um, that's, that's really what got me into it. You know, I just remember being a little kid, seeing my dad's players and uh, watching Jake Locker and Drew Stanton and AJ McCarron and, you know, understanding that that's what I wanted to be like one day. Um, so, you know, I, I, that, that was really the biggest motivation for me growing up um, was to be, you know, like them. And um, in X's and O's, it's helped completely because, you know, if I have a question, you know, I have an answer at home. So it helps a lot, you know. And, um, you know, we, we, we break down the game tape sometimes. And, uh, you know, he goes over to be a better player. Of all the quarterbacks you've been around, you've been around a few, I guess, over the last uh, 10 to 15 years. Who would you say is probably your favorite from a playing perspective and then from a person perspective? Um, you know, that's hard. You know, I would definitely say it would be between the three. My dad coached in college. Um, 
uh, A.J. McCarron, Drew Stanton, and uh, Jake Locker. Those are kind of his three guys. And, you know, we're, we're still close with all three of them, so it would be hard to name one. But, uh, you know, it's also been cool to get to watch Dak, you know, uh, the way he works on the sideline. He's an unbelievable leader, which is something, you know, I, I didn't know until we got here. But um, understanding it, you know, how much he means to the people in that building. So, been cool. Are those guys that you could, uh, you know, bounce off? Uh, ideas in your recruitment, you know, issues that you have in your recruitment, like hit up A.J. McCarron or hit up Dak. <laughs> hey, I have a question. How did you handle things like this? Is that something you've been able to do? Um, yeah, you know, I've had talks with some of the guys. You know, um, it's been good. Um, you know, Drew Stan, especially, you know, when I got the Michigan State offer, you know, we had a pretty good talk. Um, that's where he played. So, um, you know, it's been really cool just having lots of outlets of, of information. So. I've um, getting my one of my favorite things about getting to watch guys like you in seven on seven is I think you get to see a little bit more of your personality because you know we get to stand right behind you we hear everything you're saying you remind me a lot of Sam Ellinger from a personality perspective just kind of walk that line between cocky and confident Mm -hmm. uh, and you walk it really well but um, how well do you know Sam and uh, you know how, how much have you you know kind of communicated with him um, you know, we haven't been able to get um, too much communication in. You know, uh, I still haven't had a chance to meet him either. You know, I was hoping to be able to do that, you know, when we visited and talked to him about some things. Uh, but, you know, uh, the way things are, you know, it wasn't able to happen. But, you know, he's a really good player. And uh, it's definitely something I'd look up to, you know, to try and try and do the same things he did there. So we talked about kind of you're, you're into Fortnite, you're into Madden. Is there anything – you know, we don't know about you, some sort of special talent, some sort of special hobby. You might have something off the field. Um, I like to play basketball a lot. So I, I've always been a hooper. I've always been a three-sport athlete, football, basketball, baseball. But this is my first year only playing football. So, I mean, I guess I could, I could, I could say that I'm pretty good on the basketball court. I would like to say that. So that's one thing, I guess. I feel like that translates, right? Quarterback to point guard seems to translate. Well, you see, see the court, see the field, all that. So that makes sense. Uh, Nick, anything you else you want to get out one. of? You one on one against KJ Pruitt. What would be the score? Oh, I hope KJ's listening. 11 0. 11 0. I'm beating him 11 0. KJ, I'm sorry. I'm beating you 11 0. Uh, Nick, for the listeners, uh, just let them know who KJ Pruitt is. Oh, KJ Pruitt, uh, actually a point guard target of Texas um, from uh, Louisville. Uh, up in up in that little northwest pocket of DFW. Um, all right, Nuss. Last question from me. Uh, what's the best place, like local place, to eat in Flower Man? Oh man, me and all my buddies like to go to Corner Bakery. That's a little uh, place right there by all of our houses, kind of in the middle. So we we mainly just meet up there. So I would say that place, Corner Bakery. Is that a local place? I think that's a chain. I think it is a chain. Oh, you mean like local? Yeah, place? like local, local. Like only in Flower Mound they have this place. <laughs> Man, I, I don't. I don't know that. Or we, Louisville, it doesn't have to be like just Fireman, but that kind of area where you live. Any any local places that you would recommend? I would say a lot of the places in like uh, when you go down to like uh, what's it called, Roanoke. I don't know if you know where that is. There's a lot yeah. of like hole in the wall places down there that are pretty good. Uh, no, I, I couldn't even tell you the names of like only Fireman restaurants. You know, I've only been there two years, so I couldn't even think of any to be honest. with <laughs> All right. Well, we just figured if you, if you had one, we'd throw it out there. Well, man, we appreciate you for jumping on with us. Uh, you know, best of luck with your recruitment and everything that goes on there. And, um, you know, I'm sure we'll talk to you at some point again. And thanks once again to Flower Mound Marcus quarterback Garrett Nussmeyer for, for joining us. 
uh, on the podcast. Uh, I thought it was a cool interview. I hope you guys do too. And uh, I imagine that'll bring some, maybe some listeners from other schools as we got into kind of talking about uh, a few of the other schools, specifically LSU, where uh, the Tigers currently hold the crystal ball lead for uh, Nuss. And, and I think, I think if you read between the lines, um, you know, in that discussion, it sounded like LSU's probably out in front at this point. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I think the connection with Scott Linehan kind of put LSU over the top um, whenever he was hired uh, in Baton Rouge. But even before that, uh, it seemed that LSU kind of had the edge. And uh, I'm curious to see how he uh, handles this recruiting process going forward uh, with this um, coronavirus pandemic. Uh, he did just get an offer from Texas A&M last week. I'm curious to see if he kind of goes after, you know, maybe visiting College Station once everything reopens and uh, maybe getting to Austin. So uh, we'll see once everything comes back. But as of right now, yeah, LSU seems to be a pretty clear front runner. Yeah, and uh, the only thing I can uh, mention as a tidbit to our listeners is he was wearing a Texas hoodie during the interview. So uh, that is something. <laughs> All right, let's get on to our questions for this week. Uh, Nick, as always, we take our questions on the Horns 24-7 message board, um, and they are up there now. So we're going to uh, jump to them and answer uh, from Hook'em Blood Stein. He says, "Who uh, who's your favorite character on Game of Thrones and why? So, Nick, you don't watch Game of Thrones, right? No, I'm still behind. I did just get the HBO package on my Hulu account, though, so I, I might be getting into it here pretty soon, but there's some other shows I want to get to first, like The Sopranos and stuff like that, so we'll see. <laughs> oh, boy. God, I'm so jealous of you. Sopranos is my favorite show of all time. Um, <laughs> Game of Thrones, so my two, I would say probably my two favorite characters on Game of Thrones are, um, I like Braun. And I like the Hound because both of those guys, uh, they're kind of realists in the way they have no sense of, of uh, fake honor that goes on in the show and, and, and things like that. They're just kind of down to the basics type of guys. And, um, you know, they're both cold-blooded killers. They know the cold-blooded killers. They don't make any, any bones about it. So uh, I would say Braun and the Hound are, are kind of that way for me. Um, our next question from Hook, and maybe when Nick watches Game of Thrones, finally we'll circle back to that question and have him answer. Um, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> our, our next question from Hookem SD: uh, Would the staff hold a spot for Quay Davis all the way until signing day? Um, and what's the dream wide receiver class for this staff? And how uh, how big of a class do you expect uh, the twenty twenty one class to be? Um, I don't know that they would hold a spot for Quay Davis all the way until signing day. I think that their numbers are what they are, and if they were, were happy getting guys that that they felt fit, um, they would definitely uh, take those guys. I think uh, any dream class for Texas starts with JoJo Earl. It's clear he is the top of the board for them um, as far as receivers go. Uh, he is a, a guy that they feel fits their offense like a, like a glove as far as his quickness in the slot um, and – and I think that uh, for for them, he's the guy that really stands out, uh, you know, among among the, uh, the the wide receiver prospects they've offered. You can see how well, you know, how much they they desperately they work to get back into that recruitment um, after he dropped them in January. And, and as far as getting into it, you know, we talked about that. They they did a lot to get him in before the break and and, and really make an impact on him. Outside of JoJo Earl. I think Davis would be on that list, but um, I think you look at guys like Keytron Jackson uh, from Roy City. I think if you look at uh, uh, maybe like Hal Presley, one of the newer offers from Mansfield Summit. Um, if you look at uh, Teddy Knox from, from the Woodlands, those are all in-state guys I think they'd love to land. Then they've got a lot of out-of-state offers, but 
you know, as we talked about in the past, I really think out-of-state recruiting is going to be tough uh, this year with, with everything going on. Uh, how, as far as how big of a class do I expect 21 to be, I think it'll be probably somewhere between, and this is just a total guess, I think they'll probably see if they can fit uh, between 22 and 25, somewhere in there. Yeah, and as far as as far as Quay Davis, um, I'm gonna just kind of agree with you on that one. I'm not sure if they would all the way until signing day. I think it would have a lot to do with how he performs during his senior season at Skyline. Um, but as far as the dream wide receiver class for this staff, I mean, I, I'm sure Quay would be on that list if he does have a great senior year. JoJo Earl, of course, um, and uh, they haven't offered uh, J. Michael Sturdivant, but that's just a guy I like. Uh, I don't know if that would be their dream class. Uh, and then you also got guys like Katron Jackson and Teddy Knox. But if you look out of state, I know it's going to be kind of hard to recruit out of state. But looking in Louisiana, Edna Carr and Destin Pazon, uh, he's just a guy that has elite speed. I would love to see Texas get really involved with him. Um, and there's just some other guys across the country that have been uh, uh, semi-involved with Texas over the past few weeks. All right, our next question from Earl Thomas 12 says, how does uh, Jalen Milrow compare to uh, Sam Ellinger and the two quarterbacks in 2020? Um that's a really good question. I think uh, as far as Ellinger, I think if you look at guys who were probably the most college ready at the time, I think you look at the two Austin area guys, uh, Sam Ellinger and I think Hudson Card will prove to be the most college ready early. But I think that, that Jaquinn and Jackson and, and Jalen Milrow have the most upside. And when it comes to arm talent, I think Milrow probably has the most upside of any of those quarterbacks. I think he's got um, – he has an absolute cannon – Hey, you know, Nick, when we were at that All-American uh, Combine and we were up close, followed him around, watched him throw every pass, listening to the quarterbacks coaches that were working that event would tell you this kid has some of the rawest arm talent we've ever seen. It's just a matter of getting him to, to kind of control it and rein it all in. Um, so I think that that for, for Milrow, you love the tools and you love everything. And what I really love about him, too, is just his mindset his character and all those things. I think that those, you know, are, are very valuable tools at the quarterback position. Yeah. There was a quarterback coach at that combine who was, uh, he was either talking to you or both of us. And, um, he said that, uh, give me, give me three months. Let me take him home with me. And when he's done, he's going to be the best quarterback in the country. So, uh, he does have a, still a lot of raw talent. Um, but, uh, he, he is still raw. That's, that's the point I meant to get back to, uh, as far as Milrow goes, but as far as comparing him to, uh, all of the other guys, um, all the other quarterbacks that, uh, Texas has been looking at and, um, committed to the uh, team right now, um, you got Hudson Card and Sam Ellinger. I like how you said that they are two most college-ready, probably. You saw Sam come in early and contribute uh, his freshman year. Um, you know, doomsday scenario, I, I think Hudson Card would definitely have a, a pretty good shot at doing that, say the worst happened and Ellinger went down with something. Um, but uh, I'm just curious to see how Jaquindon comes off of his injury, if he can be the same. If he is the same quarterback coming off of this injury, uh, I, I still like him to have a pretty good shot. Um, I, I still think there's a lot of potential with Jaquindon. But as far as the potential of all of these guys combined, I, I think Milrow still has the higher ceiling. All right, our next question comes from China Doll 10 um, it says if you could be time, if you could time travel to be present or relive a high school football game, which one would it be and why? Um, that's a really good question. I found myself thinking about that. I was Nick, you and I were both there for Duncanville North Shore, which I've called the greatest football game I've ever seen at any like seen live <laughs> at any level. Um, so I, I, I've been there and I've seen it on TV recently. 
I don't think I'd pick that one to go back to again. Part of me thought about maybe like uh, Permian Dallas Carter at 88, you know, the old Friday Night Lights just to see kind of the, the hoopla around it. But I think if I had to decide, I would love uh, the game I always hear talked about is uh, Houston Madison versus North Shore in the Astrodome when Vince Young was, was a high school quarterback. Being able to go back and see that, that game live, I think, would probably be the one I'd pick. Yeah, that's a pretty solid one. Um, I've always heard about the 94 Plano East John Tyler game, and there's always been there's been a ton of documentaries made about that game, and there was an SB1 off of that game. So that's definitely one I would want to go back uh, if, I, if I could go back in time to see. Uh, but as far as reliving some, I, honestly, this Rockwall Allen game this past year was fantastic. There was a lot of uh, there was a lot of uh, uh, home blood for me in that one. I'm from Rockwall, and I went to school in Allen uh, in my middle school years. So and that was just a great game overall. Um, but kind of one from my childhood, Waco La Vega and Chapel Hill. Uh, I believe it was in 2009 or 2010. It was the first year that Chapel Hill made that run to state um, and lost to Henderson, and then came back the next year and won it against Alvarado. And I, I believe 2011. Uh, but that game, I think it was a state semi. Uh, it was just a solid game. Waco La Vega was up 13 with about three minutes left. Uh, it, this was in uh, Huntsville, I believe, at Sam Houston State. And um, Chapel Hill came back and won. Uh, Avery Signs at quarterback uh, won in the last second. So uh, that, was, that was a pretty solid game for my childhood. I wouldn't mind reliving. Hearing Nick say that his childhood was 2009 or 2010 suddenly makes me feel ancient. <laughs> uh, Didn't you graduate in like 01? <laughs> 03. Wow. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, that reminds me, uh, back in, I guess it would have been 04, maybe 05. This was when South Lake was rolling and just didn't, like, nobody beat South Lake. Um, I went to a playoff game at Texas Stadium and I saw Taylor Potts and Aveline. Like, basically, uh, South Lake had to shut them down on, like, a fourth down play with no time left inside the 10 and, like, probably got away with some pass interference on it to, to win. But Taylor Potts was incredible that day. And so me and a buddy who went came back and told everybody, like, we had just seen the next greatest quarterback in high school football. His name was Taylor Potts. And, like, we had told him about him all year. The next year, Southlake and, and Abilene matchup uh, again in, in the same round in Waco. We get everybody in the car. We drive to the stadium. It's like Thanksgiving. It's like the Friday after Thanksgiving. And Taylor Potts couldn't have put up a worse performance uh, he threw like he threw like three pick sixes. I think Southlake won that game like sixty three to something. It was and, and the, for the two of us who had been there the year before and seen him and had been telling everybody about him for a year, uh, we we still to this day, if his name comes up, my buddies will be like, oh, that's uh, you know they'll make fun of me and my friend Travis who who uh, were singing his praises. But that's what uh, that's what that reminds me of, and that's the uh, the greatness of Texas high school football. Um, all right. Uh, China Dalton also asked, what two teams, regardless of years they played in, do you wish you could see play each other? I'm going to take this to mean like any level. Um, could be college, high school, whatever. I'm going to say college. I honestly, I would love to see just selfishly, because we we're, we're familiar with them, like the 2005 Texas team versus that 2001 Miami team. Nick, you may not remember the 2001 Miami team. It may be the I know about it well. I know about it well. (laughs) It may be, but watching it live and watching, like, that team that had uh, a backfield of Clinton Portis, Frank Gore, and Willis McGahee, um, and they had Ed Reed and and dudes like that, like, it was a scary amount of talent. I, I would love to see those two. That's what I always kind of... Uh, you know, like the funny thing about Texas, uh, I, I'm trying to remember. I don't want to screw this up because obviously we'll hear about it if I do. 
So that year, I want to say, was the year Texas lost in the the Big 12 championship game to Colorado. Had they won that game, they would have probably gone to the national championship. And while they were a pretty good team, they were nowhere near the talent. Like, I think, I, I want to say Miami ran a really good Nebraska team out of the stadium that year, and I think they would have done the same to Texas. But that was a nasty team. Those two teams are ones I'd like to see face off on the field. Um, man, I've got to think about this one. As far as college level, I would love to see this past LSU team play against that 2014 TCU team. I am a huge believer in that 2014 TCU team. I think if they had made the playoff, they would have won the national championship that year. And I get a lot of hate for saying that, but I'm going to take that to my grave. Uh, and I, I honestly think that would be a pretty solid matchup. They both had electric offenses and both had uh, interesting, interestingly uh, stingy defenses. Uh, they were kind of both streaky defenses. They worked in sometimes and didn't quite work all the time. Uh, but that secondary for that 2014 TCU team is so slept on. Yeah, I mean, TCU's always does a really good job of, of developing, finding secondary guys. Um, all right, our next question from Hook'em SD. If you have one day left on Earth, who do you spend the day with, not including significant others or family? Uh, where do you go and what do you eat? Um, I mean, it would probably if it's not my wife or my family, it would probably be my best friends. And, um, oh, man, last meal, uh, part, I mean... Part of me feels Connie Rosso. Part of me babes. Part of me some, some <laughs> Pinkertons. Um, I yeah. If you know what, I'll say it. If I had to have the last meal, it's Pinkertons. Yeah, I still haven't had Pinkertons. I, I, next time we're in Houston, we got to hit that up. <laughs> we were all set to go for the Under Armour camp. You and I were going to go to. I was going to take you to Pinkertons, and then this virus <sighs> uh, has ruined it. So blame the virus. What about you, Nick? Oh man, I, I'm going to kind of. Uh, take significant others family and friends off of this list and just kind of I, i'm sure you're asking a, as far as for like an athlete or a celebrity um honestly oh, if it's you might, a celebrity I'm, I'm going mcconaughey you're going mcconaughey i like it <laughs> yeah mcconaughey eating barbecue and just hanging out like yeah yeah that's probably pretty solid um i'd probably go with lebron honestly i'm a huge lebron fan um uh, probably go <laughs> I'm a huge LeBron fan. I'd probably go with LeBron at just, you know, wherever he wants to go. I'm sure wherever he wants will be just fine. <laughs> I would set a table of, like, McConaughey, Joe Rogan, Bill Burr, and Florida Panthers great Keith Handel. Those <laughs> uh, All right. Our next question from Texas Strong 1171 uh, if we if Texas is able to get JoJo and Quay uh, as two of the receivers, what type of receiver will Texas pursue to complement those two? Uh, is the state down on big-bodied receivers this cycle? They are kind of, but um, I, I, I think, again, I, I would point to Hal Presley, a big outside receiver who can stretch the field deep um, and, and, and really be a guy that – uh, that they can lean on there. Keytron Jackson, another one. So um, there, there are some guys out there if you want outside uh, guys with size. Yeah, and I was going to say those same two names. And J. Michael Sturdivant is still out there at Flower Mound Marcus, uh, receiver target of uh, Garrett Nussmeyer's. Um, he's he's uh, uh, he stands at six two one eighty three. Um, not necessarily the huge body that I think Texas would be looking for, but I mean he still is up there on the board. All right, uh, next question. Uh, said uh, NT Jones, 1484, I heard Bob Bowlesby is not allowing virtual meetings. 
Uh, this is such a disadvantage for Texas. It makes this a complete waste of time for the staff. Uh, what are our thoughts on it and what's next? Um, so I kind of, when this question came in, I hadn't, hadn't been keeping up with Bowlesby, but I went and looked up kind of what you were talking about and saw that uh, basically the way that the NCAA is, um, the way that the NCAA is governing this is by conference. So they're letting the conferences kind of weigh in and obviously different conferences are going to have different rules. So while some like the SEC and ACC are able to send their players equipment and uh, have virtual meetings with their players. The Big 12 has chosen not to, and they've enforced some, some strong, strong rules on that. And so I think from what uh, Lincoln Riley was saying, that there was supposed to be a, an overall ruling coming from the NCAA on this, but obviously this needs to be across the board the same rule, or, or else you're – and this is really, I think, the problem with the way the NCAA chooses to either A, be a very strong governor of something, or B, just say, oh, no, we're going to let the, the conferences handle it. They've got to have some uniformity to it. Yeah, I agree, because it's just going to cause a complete parity, I think, next year. You know, if you have uh, conferences, say, let's say like the SEC or the Big Ten, where the players, you know, they've been they've been able to communicate with the coaching staff for this entire time, uh, you know, while spring ball is supposed to be going on. So it's, it's not like they wouldn't have had this time anyway. Um, so, yeah, this definitely is a disadvantage for Texas, but it also is a disadvantage for every school in the Big 12. So um, as far as competition, as far as next year, I think that that would only be a problem you would see against a team like LSU. All right, our next question from Cat Daddy 2534 Are the Texas coaches, in your mind, doing the best they can to recruit? Um, and is Texas going to have to start going to plan Bs when it comes to offensive line? Yeah, I think they are. You know, I made a comment earlier this week that the coaches are, are a little bit behind. Um, and, and I think what I meant was the newer coaches are further behind, as always. Any new coach, especially if you hire a bunch of coaches who aren't familiar with the state, are going to be behind on guys in the state. But they're doing the best they can. I think Jay Valai is working his ass off right now. Uh, during the during the shutdown, I think Coleman Hutzler is is doing a ton right now. So yeah, they're doing what they can. It's just you, you don't understand how much taking away this spring period for visits really hurts them. I mean, it's it's a huge hindrance to them, especially a staff in his first year. So I think they're doing what they can. I don't think they're necessarily ready to move on to Plan B's on the offensive line. I think there's still uh, you know a lot of uh, a lot of road in front of them on those recruitments. Yeah, we talked to uh, we just talked to Garrett about how the coaching staff has been able to communicate with him during this crisis, and it, it, they're still staying in contact with him, and that you know that's a that's a big target of theirs, and I'm sure that they're doing the same things with guys like JoJo Earl and um, Bryce Foster, and you, you know some bigger targets that they're going after. So I mean they're doing all they can do. There's it's not a lot that they can do in this time, um, but if we're talking right before all of this happened, like you said, Jay Valai has been working his butt off. I think he's been doing a fantastic job even during this uh, pandemic and you know throwing offers out and uh, getting guys in communication with Texas but uh, you know looking at second tier offensive linemen I think that's something we always kind of accepted that would probably happen you know we're not going to hit on every single one of these tier one linemen um, you know you got tier two guys that are pretty solid though and any other year they might be a tier one uh, with guys like Matthew Wyckoff and uh, we already landed uh, Hayden Connor so um, I, I think they're doing the best they can do right now. And um, as far as plan B's when it comes to offensive line, I still think those plan B's are going to be just as fun. All right. And our last question is always comes to us from Charles Daniels uh, through my DM. It says, what is the best thing you've watched on Netflix since you've been quarantined? Um, so everybody's talking Tiger King. That's definitely next on our list. I haven't watched it yet, although I am very familiar with the story of Joe Exotic. Um, but... <laughs> 
Uh, I'll say it again. I hate to say it. Love is Blind is a, a show that uh, caught me. Uh, my wife wanted to watch it. We started watching it and uh, entrapped me with its uh, car car crash like uh, it's horrible but can't look away uh, cringy uh, entertainment value. So uh, Love is Blind to me is the best thing I've watched. Now, Mike, you know that I'm not a huge, you know, movie and TV guy, and I, I, I figured by now I would at least have two or three shows watched, but I honestly haven't had time to touch anything. <laughs> I, I've been kind of watching movies here and there, catching up on classic movies, just because I'm so ignorant when it comes to classic film. So uh, I, I watched uh, Inception a couple weeks ago. I think that was fantastic. That's still uh, that's a fantastic movie. I loved it a lot, and uh, I have favorites. seen. I have seen Shawshank Redemption before, but I went back and watched it again, and it's still my favorite movie of all time, but I still have a lot of movies to watch before I can actually put that in stone. All right, Nick, I'm going to give you a movie recommendation. It's a classic, and it's on Netflix. Okay. Because uh, it's one. It's my second favorite movie of all time. Um, <laughs> you need to watch Goodfellas. Okay, noted. I have it in that's, my list. That's your homework. Watch Goodfellas. Okay. I'll come back next to week with the with a review, full review. Okay, excellent. So we'll we'll take that. All right. Well, that's gonna do it for our questions, Nick. Anything else you want to add before we get out of here? No, just kind of the same as last week. You know, just trying to um, stay on top of film and stay on top of the things we can at this point. Yeah, absolutely. I think we're doing fine. We're we're still pumping out a ton of great content over at Orange Twenty Four Seven. Today we we dropped the recruiting roundup, which is basically where I go through and, and round up everybody they've offered that week and talk about what I see on film and what their bio is and everything. So that's a good little catch up piece. Uh, we're running a, a neat feature right now on the top ten all time recruits and kind of the behind the scenes of their recruitments. Uh, just dropped one on on Bretham defensive tackle Malcolm Brown and. Um, you know, how he went from being in a heavy A&M lean to uh, Texas to the NFL and now a two-time Super Bowl champion. Um, so, yeah, a lot of good stuff going on at Horns 24-7. Please check us check us out over there and subscribe. Um, I will mention now that uh, a new thing that's happened is Google Podcasts are now available for iOS, uh, which means that you can now get, uh, if you listen to us via Google Podcasts, you can get them through your, uh, your Apple device and then, um, you know, they'll play through your Google Home devices if you have that. So please take advantage of that. Um, if you need to, as always, you could find us on uh, just about any pl- podcast platform. That's Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, any of those, uh, any of the normal ones uh, will we'll definitely be on there. Uh, we thank you guys for listening, uh, and we will uh, talk to you next week. and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount+. Plus. Paramount+, Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.